So as I think you all know, you've been here for some of the previous talks. We're continuing this exploration of anatta, or not-self, by situating it in the context of the five clinging aggregates, which, as you may remember, the Buddha named in the First Noble Truth that these five clinging aggregates are suffering, are dukkha. And it's not the five aggregates themselves that are the issue, it's the clinging to them, the resisting them, the identifying with them that is the issue and that creates the suffering. So I said this was going to be an exam. So anyone remember the first one? Body. Body, thank you. Second one? Feeling tone, very good. Now it gets a bit more tricky. Third one? Very good. Perception. Fourth one. Fourth one. More tricky. Yes, volitional mental formations. And the fifth one is consciousness. So the Buddha chose these five aspects of experience because they're ones that we very commonly tend to identify with and create a fixed, solid, permanent sense of self at the center of the universe. So today, as background for all that, I wanted to look a bit more closely at the Buddha's teachings on attachment to self-view and the emphasis that he put on ways of deconstructing this sense of a fixed, solid entity. Because it's this fundamental misperception that's at the root of so much of our suffering. But most of us, most of the time, don't see that. Unless we have some insight into anatta, We don't understand that we ourselves are actually complicit in constructing, concocting, fabricating that fixed, solid identity out of the changing flux of contact, feeling tones, perceptions, formations, consciousness. So in the first week we were exploring resistance to aging and the dukkha that that causes and then we also been looking at feeling tone pleasant unpleasant neutral and the building block of reactivity wanting not wanting spacing out not knowing leading to greed hatred and delusion if we're not aware yes you recognize that <laughs> so <laughs> So you are way ahead. I always things like this. Yes, yes. You are ticking all the boxes. So now we come to the third and the fourth aggregates, which are perception and volitional formations. And we can start to understand their role in constructing an identity for ourselves and for others. So these are fairly technical terms, and this is going to get a little bit technical for a while, but then I hope to bring it back to direct experience soon. So perception, or sanya, refers to the mind's capacity to recognize 
and to name what is being experienced. So with every sense contact at any of the sense doors, every sight, every sound, every smell, every taste, every physical sensation, every piece of mental activity, perception or sanya also arises. So we perceive or recognize someone speaking. We perceive or recognize a piece of paper, a person, hearing, a room, and so on and so forth. And on one level, this is so simple and obvious that we don't even notice that it's happening. We don't notice that the mind is continuously generating a stream of perceptions out of this raw data of sense contacts. So we take color and shape and form and sounds and sensations and we categorize or label them as objects or people or if it's mental, as ideas. There's nothing wrong with this inherently. In fact, it will be very hard to function in the world if we were not able to perceive and recognize things But the problem is the clinging to the perception, taking it to be a static, solid, permanent reality. So as soon as we label or name something, it becomes fixed as only that thing. For example, this thing here, what is it? A bowl? A bell. A bowl that's a bell. A bowl that's a bell. And once we've recognized it, oh yeah, it's a bell. And we don't see necessarily its uniqueness or its specialness and so on. So it becomes just a commodity. We're sort of disconnected from it. And we do that with inanimate objects, but we also do it with people when we label individuals or groups of people as being a certain way, then we disconnect from them. The other aspect of perception that's powerful is that it's also this aspect that creates a sense of time. Because the only way we can recognize that that's a bell is because at some point in the past, we learned that a round metal bowl of this size and shape in this context is a bell. It's not an ashtray or a plant pot or whatever else. It's a bell. So there's a sense of time and the sense of me who recognizes that thing from the past. Now, this isn't conscious every time, but perception brings with it that sense of time and a me in here who's recognizing that out there. So we go bell... And then sometimes we go into whether we like it or don't like it, and often all kinds of stories about it. So I might recognize this is a Tibetan bell, and it triggers a memory of having been in Bodhgaya for the Monlam Tibetan New Year celebrations, and what an amazing time it was, but how awful it was seeing all those people living on the street. And I really meant to put more money into that Kiva fund to support people in India. And I wonder how they're doing now with COVID, like it just must be a disaster. And 
I really feel like a drink of wine right now, but that's right, I stopped drinking 20 years ago. My goodness. But we go into this whole story based on just seeing, perceiving, and then it creates volitional mental formations. Does anybody recognize that in their own experience? How we don't usually stop at just bare recognition. We're just spinning, proliferating story machines, basically. Which sometimes is okay. (laughs) But when these processes are allowed to run amok without any awareness, when there's no mindfulness... Often there becomes clinging and identification and we don't realize that we have fabricated that whole reality for ourselves. We create this world and then we step into it and inhabit it as if it was real. So some of you are familiar with this example, but even right now we can see this perception in action. So on this piece of paper, there are little black wiggles And my eye is perceiving those black wiggles and making them into words. And then my brain knows that those are words to be spoken. And it tells my body, my diaphragm, to pass air over my vocal cords, which sets vibrations into the air in this room and is picked up by the cilia in your ears. And those signals are interpreted by your minds as certain words. And then you form all of your meanings, hopefully coherent meanings, out of all of that. So it's quite a freaky process when you really think about it. (laughs) And because none of you are blank slates, the meanings that you're making from these words are not all identical because you all have your own volitional mental formations that have become you know, in some ways ingrained as personality habits, as certain responses. So it's a little hard to see that when we're talking about whole streams of perception going on simultaneously. So sometimes I like to just pull out three words. And as I see say each of these words, just see if you can catch the perception and then any movement into a mental formation. You ready? So the first word is peaceful. The second word is pus. P-U-S, pus. And the third word is Paris. Paris, the capital of France. So did you notice the mind recognizing the word? Or not recognizing the word, as the case may be. And did you notice any amplification in relation to that? The beginnings of liking or disliking or associations or memories or... It's instantaneous, right? And even if you were asked not to do that, you probably couldn't. So just to see how with this category of volitional mental formations, they're called volitional 
because there is some degree of choice about them. They're not a given. And when we bring awareness to this process, we can start to see it happening. And when we see it happening, we have that choice whether to feed it or release it. We can discern which perceptions and formations are leading in a beneficial direction, i.e. towards ease and happiness and peace and freedom, and which ones are not. So that might have been a little technical, but I'd like to move into that written exercise now so that hopefully we can get a little bit more clearer about all of that. Are there any questions before we... We go there. Clear enough for now? Okay. Thank you for your attention.